This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby, who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of four, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 102, first airing in mid-July 2019. We're going to be talking about our goals. Um, It's the end of the second quarter now, going into the third quarter. So we're going to be talking about that and also talking about routines that work for us and routines that maybe aren't working for us. Lots of interest we've heard on Instagram and on our blogs and, and emails from people on systems, organization, routines. We've got a couple exciting episodes coming up on all these topics, uh, but today we'll be tackling routines. So Sarah, how's your summer been going so far? My summer has been quite lovely so far. We're uh, nearly a month in at this point, and by the time this airs, we'll be honestly maybe slightly past the midpoint. We will actually have just returned from our summer trip, which we ended up keeping fairly low-key this year. Uh, due to the ages and stages of our kids, we decided to kind of not do anything terribly elaborate. Um, but I will reveal that we decided to do three days in Legoland and three Ooh. days in Amelia Island. So where is Amelia Island? Amelia Island is um, like 
Northern Florida, Northwest Florida. Okay. <laughs> I can't give you more specifics, but I think it's about three hours from Legoland. So this is all going to be driving. We're going to try to do a lot of the driving, you know, during nap time. And of course the older kids will enjoy that free device. iPad time. (laughs) Car trips Um, known as iPad time. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, to be honest, they're probably just as excited about that as they are about the rest of the trip. (laughs) But no, they they love Legoland. And we just felt like maybe this was a perfect year not to get on a long flight. Um, (laughs) We we considered the uh, Laura Vanderkam method of leaving Genevieve with our nanny and and going somewhere, but that maybe we'll save that one for next year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've got got time. You can use that option again and you may want to limit how often you use that option, I guess, is uh, my, my takeaway on that one. But uh, Only for special treats. Special treats, treats exactly. <laughs> but those sounds great. Yeah, Legoland is awesome. We went to the one in California a couple of times, and the kids loved it, uh, at least you know when they were sort of younger kids. Um, it's, it's a real great option for that. Those themed hotel rooms are everything. <laughs> themed hotel rooms are always great. <laughs> what yeah. are you guys up to? Yeah, well, I am sitting at my house um, in an 18-hour window in which I am home. The only 18-hour window inside two weeks that I we went to um, last Saturday, We mid-June, I guess, we drove uh, down to Michael's sister's lake house in North Carolina. And oh, I love it. Yeah, it's about an eight and a half hour drive. We made really good time. It was sort of amazing. I, I, kids are at the perfect stage for being in the car. They just watch movies and such almost the whole time. It, it was it was pretty chill. Um, <laughs> we we drove down. We stayed there for a couple of days, did a lot of boating, did some hiking. Um, we got to run around the area. It was very hilly but uh, and hot, <laughs> but the boat was cool. And the kids did a lot of tubing. And then I had a speech in the middle of the week. So Michael and Alex uh, drove me to Charlotte Airport and I flew to Boston and flew home last night and have been enjoying my 18 hours in the house by myself. Not really. I've been doing laundry. I've been packing us up for the beach. I've been doing all the stuff that has to be done on my home computer and such uh, in this time. But it's probably really nice and quiet, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, I guess, maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I fly to Portland this afternoon, uh, Oregon. Which, oh, exciting. Yeah, and then I'm, I'm speaking there. Um, and then I fly back to Newark, drive down, and meet them at the beach. We'll be in New Jersey, Ocean Grove for a week. We like to do that. And so... And this is your second beach trip already this summer, right? I, I, well, if the lake counts as a beach, I guess. Um, so, so we had the lake trip and the beach trip back to back, which has been... No, but you did, a, you did a drive down to the shore because I remember um, you mentioned yeah, ice cream. Over, yeah, yeah, exactly. I Instagrammed the ice cream uh, over Memorial Day weekend. That's, that's true. We went on that day. But this will be for a while hanging out there. And, you know, I mean, this, this has been somewhat ridiculous because... Michael had a work retreat the week before the lake trip. So he's literally been doing sort of one day in the office for three weeks. Like So it's just all, you know. I'm a little jealous because actually my June turns out to now be one of my busiest months of the year because it's onboarding time for our new residents and finishing time for our old residents. And actually everything does come down nicely by July and August, which, you know, everyone thinks, oh, July is the starting, but actually from the program standpoint, like by that point, you should have all your ducks yeah. in the row and you can kind of breathe for a second because the problems take a little bit of time to develop. Yeah. <laughs> so um, June is crazy. And then the rest of our summer is less so. And to remind everyone and kind of transition into our next part, I kind of consider my year is to be quintiles instead of quarters. And for me, um, that summer, we're like kind of mid deeply into Q3, which is my summer quintile. Um, And for me, that kind of started right around the end of school, which was the beginning of June. 
Okay. All right. So but for you, a normal person, a normal person, I'm doing quarters. <laughs> you're just entering Q3. I but am I don't just know. entering Q3. Psychologically, I'm just saying that time when your kids are off of school is special. It's special. Well, summer, I, I think of summer as a unit in itself. I, I guess I have multiple ways of thinking about my time. And actually, with your be... school calendar, Q3 does coincide fairly nicely with summer. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, they only got out two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, I guess, at, at this point. So, um, and, and, but this is airing in July. They will have been off for almost a month. Um, so yes. yeah, yeah. Well, so let's talk then about your Q2 and Q3 goals, how you are doing on them. And yours too, of course. Uh, well, we don't really need to talk <laughs> about mine. But... <laughs> we definitely do, um, but that's okay. We'll start with mine. No, I, I actually feel like, um, well, I mentioned on a recent episode that Genevieve getting to a point where she generally sleeps and doesn't need to be pumped for all day. I feel like I, my life is back, which is really cool. And um, I guess that's coincided with just a lot of big things happening at work and some family things. I don't feel like I made a lot of super ambitious goals on the family front just because I've been undergoing the work transition that I have. Um, but I'm really kind of happy with where I am right now. So just to summarize, for Q2, actually, it's a little more than a summary, but to go to into <laughs> for Q2, my goals were to survive the transition, basically, to program director, to um, make it through our ACGME visit, which we don't really have the results of, but I, I did make it through the visit itself. A little fun work side project. We started a, a parenting group within our organization that has had one meetup and has the next one planned. So that was kind of fun. I did all those things. For family, my goal was to uh, have mommy days, which I didn't do in Q2, but I have done in Q3, so I'm super Yay. happy about that, um, and to plan a July vacation and family visit, so that was all check. I had a random restaurant on there because I'm trying to get to know my new surroundings a little bit. We definitely have been continuing to drive back to Miami Beach probably more than is healthy or normal <laughs> um, <laughs> since our move, just because our friends are there and we have so many favorite places and it's just accessible enough, but we need to get to know some of the restaurants and fun places around here. So we're working on that. Um, I did fail on a couple of fronts. I wanted to schedule a play date and it just didn't happen in Q2. However, I have scheduled one for Q3, so that's good. And I want to... Um, for my blog, I had this idea that I want to start an email list. Now you can like sign up to get my blog post via email, but it's not really like a newsletter type list. And I feel like to actually get people to join, I need a cool enticement. And I actually have one in mind that would fit really nicely with kind of like planner season, but I need to, which will start in a few months, I need to figure out how to actually operationalize that, like to get that free PDF sent, um, to create the PDF and, you know, market that. So that, that will be forthcoming, but it did not happen yet. Another really big thing was that I wanted to kind of decide on the vision for this podcast, as we talked about, because I felt I sort of began to notice that we were putting so much work into it. And I, to justify that to myself, felt like we probably needed to try to expand and maybe look into some sponsors, which we did and you're hearing now. So I can definitely check that one off. And I totally failed to reopen my book proposal. It's a good theme for a lot of people, I feel like. Um, I did take an Instagram vacation. I did read at least four books, which I wanted to do. And I did schedule a pedicure. So yeah, that was my Q2. All what right. about you? I'm like, did I even have goals? Um, I had to go back and look them up. And I didn't see where they were posted. I had to go back through our notes from a past um, episode to find them. So in Q2, I was going to 
revise my National Novel Writing Month novel. I did read it, and that's about it. That counts for something. That counts for something. I don't know. I, I'm not sure I really feel like doing it anymore. At first, I read it through, and I was like, yeah, I think this is salvageable. I think, you know, I like the characters. I don't know if I feel that way anymore. You think you need just maybe a little more space from it? Maybe I need more space. Maybe I need to rethink the plot to get it. It needs like something else put into it or something else taken out, like some massive shift. Um, but if I could get excited about that, then maybe I'd feel more like I wanted to do it. But I, it just, it hasn't happened. Well, the reading, I think you should give yourself more credit for the reading because the reading was important to help you decide if you really felt invested in that goal. Yes. And if the answer is no, then that's okay too. Yeah. I was going to do the yard upgrade slash renovation. That's pretty much a fail as well. I mean, partly it's just it's summer and it looks a lot better. I, I don't know. I was I made this goal when it was winter and it looked like crap, but now it looks pretty. <laughs> so maybe nothing really. I mean, there's still stuff that needs to be done. We actually did sign a contract and put in a deposit to do some stuff with our deck that it needs to be fixed, cleaned, repainted that is going to get done in our front door. They're going to do like a bunch of carpentry stuff around the house. So, I, I mean, there's a project that it is counts. in um, motion, but uh, you know, the, the originally my, my thought of like changing a lot of the landscaping and hardscaping is just not. not and to happen. clarify, you make your goals, you like make them all at the beginning of the year. Don't yes, you? I do. Yeah. I do. And, and so, you know, these are what Laura in like November thought would be a good idea. And, and cause I do create, I create yearly goals, but I, if I think if I did what you did, I'd have the same problem. Like I would maybe no longer be ready for that goal at that time or yeah, know. no, I mean, it, so there's there's that. Although usually, I mean, I try to think enough about them that they're sort of long-term things I want to do. Or something like, you know, the relationship goal I had was to get together with friends every two weeks. And I, I definitely, with, you know, if we friends and relations, I, I saw people at, you know, at least seven, eight times during the quarter. So yes, I've, I've hit that. Check. So check on, on that one. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess sometimes you know right now my my goal as it were is kind of holding steady on a lot of stuff you're doing a lot of speaking i'm doing a like. lot of speaking so june was a bit intense that way i've got six trips in june so flying somewhere or staying overnight uh in addition to you know the the lake visit so that it's really you know seven trips in the course of june which is a lot it's a lot, to, lot. To, to add on top of end of year school stuff, for instance, you know, I'm, I'm doing, you know, if any of our listeners listen to before breakfast, I have a every weekday morning podcast, which is kind of a thing um, that takes time. <laughs> it's a big thing and it's, it's really well done. If you haven't, I'm sure, I mean, they have a much larger share than we do. So probably most of these listeners have heard that. I don't know about vice versa, but if you haven't checked it out, you guys, you should. It's great. Well, thank you. They're like little snippets of little Laura. little snippets of Laura. But you know, I'm working on that, and so launching that is is a thing as well. And I had two books come out basically in the last year. You know, I, there's so the speaking's going well, and I'm sort of going to run with that. The podcast is going well, and I'm going to keep growing the audience for that and for this one, of course, and keep trying to support the books I already have on the market because, like, you know you can always keep selling your backlist and, and it's all additional goodness if people go buy your, your past books. So 
I don't know. I, I suppose at some point I need to figure out something else new to do with myself. I will come up with another book topic at some point. <laughs> you know, that's that is a Q4 goal, I believe. But uh, yeah, these things sometimes you just need to pause and think about stuff, and it's okay not to be rushing toward a goal if you don't know if it's the right goal. And so I think that's what I'm sort of holding with the National Novel Writing Month novel right now, because I'm not sure it's the goal that I want to put a lot of time into. Um, I think it's not a bad idea to keep working on my creative writing craft. But I also am writing short podcast scripts and blogs and, you know, the occasional article and stuff like all the time. And so I don't know, I'm, I'm pondering if maybe I just should do a lot of reading, a lot of thinking, figure out what it is I wish to say to the world with my next book. And, you know, sometimes opportunities also just come to me as well. This is one of the fun things. I think you can plan for cool stuff. And certainly I'm always thinking about new book ideas or thinking about opportunities. But a lot of opportunities also come if you make yourself available for opportunities. And so you know, having my email address there, you know, anyone can find it and write me. And so I do hear from lots of people or, you know, sometimes people have big projects and they throw them out there. I say, well, is this something you're interested in? So I, I feel like something will come like that too. And that may shape what I wish to be doing as well. I think that's awesome. And I, I think that white space, you know, it's probably underrated as someone who is definitely tends to err towards filling up my space, at least the season I am right now, I probably should remember that more, but yeah, I like that. Well, I think we should take a pause and yes. have a break for our sponsors. Listeners, we know you're busy, but is there something that's interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's incredibly convenient for people who are working, raising families, have a lot going on in their lives, but want to prioritize their mental health. You can get help on your own time and at your own pace. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who specialize in anything you might want to discuss, from depression to stress, anxiety, anger, or self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential, and if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time. You can start communicating with your counselor in under 24 hours. And best of all, this is a truly affordable option. Best of Both Worlds podcast listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code BESTOF. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash bestof. That's B-E-S-T-O-F. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash bestof. We're excited to introduce our next sponsor, DoorDash. DoorDash is the first on-demand platform to launch food delivery in all 50 states with the largest network in the U.S. They work with over 300,000 stores, which gives you a lot to choose from. I love to order from DoorDash when we're on a play date. I just fire up the app, look for local restaurants, poll everybody as to what they'd want, and then, just magically it seems, a dasher will come to our door arriving with the night's food. I love that my favorite local pizza place is on the app, not just chains. It's super convenient, and I also love using it at work on those busy days when I want to treat myself to some good food, but I don't necessarily have the time to dash out myself. It's easy to set up your account with two different addresses, one for home and one to work for work, which gives you a different menu of options to choose from based on your address. 
I know I can get items ranging from Indian to sushi to raw food, depending on my location, and I can tailor my choice to what I'm feeling. We think you'll love trying DoorDash and are excited to share this offer code with you. Just enter code BESTOF, B-E-S-T-O-F, to get $5 off your first order of $15 or more. That's code BESTOF, B-E-S-T-O-F, to get $5 off your first order from DoorDash of $15 or more. All right. Well, that was great. And now we want to talk more about routines, um, the things that we are doing regularly uh, to help make our lives more organized, run more smoothly, be calm, introduce tranquility into the chaos, whatever it is that we're, we're trying to do. And Sarah has a lot of routines that she's written about some on her blog lately. So why don't you, why don't you talk about some that are working for you right now? I mean, I sort of sat and brainstormed just a lot of things. I had a post recently about things that were working. And, you know, there's also, of course, things that don't always work uh, that are important to think about. And I also have been doing thinking about how there are like small routines in life, those ones that repeat on a daily basis. And then there's those sort of large scale routines, like actually on my goals list, you know, I talk about, I I didn't get into it, but I'm going to be taking a girl's trip this summer. And I think that's sort of part of my life routine is I like to make sure that I am, you know, getting to see my best friends from college once a year so I can sort of revisit that part of myself. And I think that there's no real scale to what can be a routine. It can be something as tiny as flossing, although some would argue that's not so tiny, (laughs) Um, to to something as big as, you know, sitting down and reevaluating, do I want to keep this job every year? So, yeah. Regular check-ins. That's a, it's good to have a routine of regular check-ins. I mean, I think we, certainly I do like weekly check-ins to, plan my schedule and say, what are, you know, what do I need to do in the next week to sort of advance things forward? Uh, the daily check-in, like, what am I doing tomorrow? You know, what is on the schedule for tomorrow? What do I want to accomplish? And then those yearly check-ins with the goals, even if it turns out that maybe things need to be revised in the, in the course of the year. So yeah, those are all great ideas for, for regular check-ins. So when I brainstormed, uh, small and big routines that work, um, and maybe some that don't, I came up with, I feel like, the bedtime routine is a big one. We, you know, that always changes based on how old the kids are and whether they're napping or not. But we have hit a fairly stable pattern recently because Genevieve's down to one nap and probably is going to stay there for at least the next year or so, I assume most of my kids did, where she goes to bed kind of on the early side. And then I have a little time with the big kids. What's working about that is that um, it feels pretty pleasant. I don't usually have to work too hard to get them to kind of, you know, they get to do some screen time while I'm putting her to bed, which they enjoy. And then they're pretty good about turning it off when I say it's time to get ready for bed. Um, But the problem is the downside of this routine is that I tend to get really relaxed when they're doing screen time. Like maybe I'm involved in a book and then all of a sudden it's like 920. And um, that's too late for them because then they're very cranky the next day. And also I've noticed that paradoxically, the later you wait to put them to bed, the less able you are to put them to bed, or at least in my case. So I'd say part of that's working really nicely, but I did think about, you know, maybe I need to try to actually have a little bit more of a time deadline. Yeah. But bedtime is something I think about. Do you think about your kid's bedtime routine? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it shifts in the summer some, and there's definitely been kind of pushback about when it is. Um, I mean, the problem is I feel like I don't necessarily want to go to bed before my kids go to bed. Um, Like, I I don't know. I just have like, are they going to go to sleep? Like, I don't know. Will they go to sleep? 
obviously if Michael's here, then he can make them go to sleep. But the problem is he often doesn't make them go to sleep. I mean, oh, yeah, it's Jeff just like, never there's like all, you know, watching movies till whenever at night. And I'm like, geez, you guys, is there no discipline among any of you? I mean, I guess I get it if you're the kids, but among the adults, um, it seems like there should be some. They um, just want that kid time and they don't want the kid time to be sullied by like sullied having, by to, get having to, to brush their horse anything. I know. So often, Alex is still going to bed um, before our nanny leaves in the evening. So, I mean, we know our hours during the week, um, like Monday, Thursday, we had an eight to eight. Um, and so he tends to go down and then she leaves. Um, so she's usually putting him down on those days, uh, which is kind of nice. I mean, I, I like I do it on the weekends and I feel like three nights a week is is good. <laughs> I feel like that's enough to have that experience with him, but not to have the daily sort of back and forth about it. So he's usually down before eight. I tend to go read Ruth's stories around 8.45. We've read through many of the Magic Treehouse books. We read like a chapter or two a night. Um, some of them are better than others. It's interesting, but uh, I got to find some new ones, but we've been doing that. And then she's in her room, but she plays quietly in her room. Like she's allowed to play kind of however long she wants. She's pretty good about putting herself in bed before 10. And, and the point, I mean, the boys are supposed to be in the school year. They were supposed to be in the room reading at nine. And then I turn out the light at 10. They have been pushing that. And I mean, on some level, like the Jasper doesn't have to wake up at 7, 15, 7, 20 for anything in the summer. So why, you know, why? keep the same bedtime. So they've been sort of, it's, it's been more like, I like them to still be in the room at nine, but that often doesn't happen. It's been more like nine 30 and then they can read till 10 30. Um, that seems reasonable. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things where like, you know, when the kids were younger, you needed to kind of actually watch them fall asleep and know that, you know, as you talked about them going to bed later than you, are they going to be roaming the house? But now they're old enough that you can kind of adjust that and just trust that they're going to read and Hopefully go to bed. Yeah. I mean, I've still been turning out the light at 1030 and then I try, I am in bed by 11, but you know, if you think about it, like I don't have to really do that much between nine and 1030. I mean, if they're up reading or 930 and 1030 and so I can read too. I mean, there's some back and forth always, um, but, but I mean, also I have my evenings often as well, because I mean, I'm not doing bedtime with Alex during the week. So that's often time I can, you know, I've sat on the porch, say from 7.15 to 7.45 while that's happening and re read, which is great. I really enjoy that, um, to not have that be necessarily me all the time. So yeah, you know, I try to go to bed by 11. Um, you know, if Michael's home, we hang out together for a while, but, um, and then that winds up being later. But, um, you know, generally I moved the alarm time to seven in the summer. Um, it was 6.45. It was 6.45 during the school year so that I could shower before I needed to get Jasper up and start, you know, whatever. But I it, seven is sort of a, just like 6.45. I mean, I almost never wake up at that time because Alex tends to wake up before that. I mean, sometimes I'd get back. to go back to bed before six, you know, till 6.45 or till seven. Um, but you know, often I'll just get up too. I mean, if I'm in bed at 11 and he wakes up at six, like that's actually fine. So then I'll just get up and have my coffee and read for a while. I literally don't know the last time I've slept past seven. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we have different, by you know, chronological chronotypes. chronotypes. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm do. not a night owl. I'm not actually a night owl, but I think you're very much yes. the early bird person. Yes, yes, yes. 
Um, and we can do morning routine briefly, although I want to get into like scrolling and email routines because I think mm. those are interesting because we tend to be, well, I did just finish digital minimalism. So obviously that's like paramount on my mind right now. I just feel like those are routines that we do very automatically without thinking about them. Mm-hmm. And for me, the thing that has, well, you know, we've always had that debate a million times, like, does it matter if you're scrolling? But I do find myself happier when I'm not okay. bathing myself in Instagram and doing something else with that time instead. And for me, as long as I have a really good book that I'm reading, if I just make that my downtime in the evening, instead of just randomly going to the phone, it's like makes a world of difference in actually almost every facet of my life. It's very interesting because if you're not on Instagram at night, then there's nothing to check in in the morning. It's sort of like, you know, it's like a cyclical sort of a thing. So I have been paying a lot of attention to my unconscious screen routines. And the other Part of that, I would say, is email, and I'm really trying to keep the freaking outlook on my desk closed. Well, so here's I, we should talk about this because you are you have transitioned over the past year from a job that was sort of a lot less email based. To- oh, it's very email based. Oh, I counted my emails that I wrote yesterday, which was a full GME day. You yeah, know how many emails I wrote? I wrote seventy emails. Yeah, so I say you transitioned from a much less email based job to a very email sort of email meeting based job. If I'm in that know. kind of a day. Like yesterday, it's finally my outlook out because I was literally on it the entire day and waiting for people's responses. But on a patient day, which for me, it's very like black or white. Like I'm either seeing patients mm-hmm. all day or I'm doing GME all day. It's, trust me, it's it, it's only going to work if I kind of segregate the two. But my habit was to leave the outlook on anyway, even if I was seeing patients. So I'd oh. see stuff pop up all day, but I could only like half like deal with them, but I couldn't really. And then, you know, my patient results are popping up. And that's the other thing. If I leave my patient results window open and I'm on a GME day, like that'll drive me insane. And I really shouldn't, you can't possibly switch back and forth all day long. So basically the way I've done it is I will let myself check in twice a day, like around noon Uh and around the end of the day on whichever thing I'm not doing. So if I'm GME, I'll check on my Epic inbox, my, you know, so I can respond to any important patient results, anything urgent, and then vice versa with the email. But I cannot have both of them open at once. And I've been better about like turning people away from my office when they come to me with something that's non-urgent on like the wrong side of things. Cause I don't think I'll survive otherwise. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. That's a routine that I've had to kind of revamp. So setting leave, kind of email time. Leave your Gmail window open all day? Um, no, right? Well, I le- so Gmail actually isn't my main one. <laughs> I have four, oh, right. in- I have four inboxes now. So <laughs> <laughs> I bet there's a way of neatly forwarding them all into one. Oh, I know there is, but I kind of like having them at least the separation. separate. No, it can be healthy, actually. I mean, the Gmail and the Yahoo could be totally combined, but I, I don't favor one over the other. And so I've just kind of kept them both. The I have a Laura at Laura Vanderkam, which is another Gmail account. Um, so that's where a lot of, you know, responses to newsletters, things coming in from my blog, that stuff goes there. And then I have the before breakfast one, which is people sending in stuff for that. And so I'm trying to keep some separation because I feel like, you know, if people are sending in questions for, say, this podcast or things they want discussed on my blog or whatever, they're going to send it separately than people sending it over to before breakfast, where I feel like those people want it discussed in that context, right? So I think if it all came together, I might find it hard to separate. Do you have a routine time or way that you check in or is it just well, very Well, so Yahoo tends to be open most of the day, although I'm not looking at it all the time. I, I will probably, you know, I look at the email, but I only answer it at certain times. Like I'll do a, a, you know, try to get to current maybe 
not current. I actually will go through and answer a few things if they seem urgent, like twice a day. And then every three days I go and try and get caught up since the last Which time. is definitely a routine. I yeah. mean, and one that you found works. I do it yeah. weekly. Weekly, I try to just like, you know, empty everything. Yeah. And so the Laura at Laura Vanderkam, I probably check every other day, every two to three days. And before breakfast, I also check every two to three days. Gmail, not, not that many people have the Gmail account one. Um, so I tend to check it more sparingly, probably again, every two to three days. So yeah, it's, it's, it's more manageable than it sounds. And, and because there's not too much stuff coming into the three that are not my main inbox, I can kind of deal with it relatively quickly. And if it needs a more involved response, I'll actually forward it to the Yahoo account and then respond from there as part of my every three day thing. That makes sense. Okay, so errands are another class of, well, they can be routine or they could just be random. I am trying to make the library more of a weekly thing than a random thing because I hate when I get fines and return stuff late. And um, this encourages me to keep my hold list up to date, which, as I just mentioned, ties very much to my routine of not mindlessly falling on my phone. Because if I have a book I'm excited about, I'm much less likely to do that. And that requires either ordering from somewhere or going to a bookstore or maintaining an up-to-date library hall. Um, and another one that's greatly enhanced my quality of life is that um, dry cleaning huh. never used to be really part of our routine. We would just go when we had a giant heap, but Josh just started saying, you know what, I'm just going to go every week. So I just put stuff in a pile and amazingly I have more clothes to wear. Yes. Yes. That's roughly our system to our routine for this. We throw them on the floor of the master bedroom closet and then Michael takes them once every week or two and then picks up whatever is there. Uh, since since the last time. So it's, you know, if I need something done quickly, I, I mean, it, that's just not part of my life. There's no quick dry cleaning in my life. It's usually, I'm not going to get it back for two like a weeks cycle. possibly more. Um, but usually I, don't, I have enough stuff that I don't need it every... Urgently. Urgently, yeah, yeah. Do you have any other errand type routines? I mean, I mean, there's grocery and all that kind of stuff, although I don't do that personally. Um but no, those, I feel like those are my big like errand type routines. Yeah, no, I, um, so Michael often does a, a big grocery shop at some point on the weekend or every other weekend. He's the one who likes to go to Costco or uh, Wegmans or something like that. I've kind of been taken off grocery duty because I'm apparently too cheap and don't buy enough stuff. <laughs> so he would prefer to go. And then make sure that we have for say weekend meals, uh, like good stuff. Um, you know, like have, you do I, have six people in your house. You know, it's yes, a lot of mouths. I, I know, I know. And and the week during the week, grocery stuff gets uh, our, our nanny often does that. But like for Although weekends, kind he of, likes he likes to grill something, for instance. And and so I would not choose. Like I wouldn't go to the counter and talk to the butcher about the and get like a nice thing. cut of meat. And yeah, yeah. no, I'd just be like, what looks you know, grab it off the thing. So I have, you know, and I'm not going to sit there and ask about the lobster tails or something. So it's just like, a, I have been taken off this for, he for sounds like he's very good at this job, actually. I, he, from... he, he enjoys it. Um, he's he pretty much cooks on weekends and, and does a, a good job of it. We, I mean, we tend not to go out to eat that much. So um, this is kind of the substitute that you can eat really well from nice the grocery things. store yes. um, for, for far less anyway. And so I should be like, oh, yes, this is great. You know, you should you know, spend freely at the grocery store because it's always less than ordering in or, you know, going to the um, whatever. But it's it's still kind of, um, I, you know, I don't know. I still have, have hangups at the grocery store. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. There's there's not a whole lot of 
errands I, I tend to do on, on weekends. I, because um, I like to, when I do it, I want it to be a bit of a treat. Almost, I, I went wound up going to Target a week or two ago. Of course, I went when they had the whole, all the registers were down. They weren't taking electronic stuff. Uh, you couldn't use your credit card or debit card. So I'm there with my cart full of stuff. <laughs> that is not good. Well, fortunately, I randomly happened to have like $200 in cash in my wallet. Amazing. So I was able to still buy my stuff. Um, but I assume a lot of people had not had the foresight to have enough cash to cover their target run in, in their wallet. So yeah, there's a lot of abandoning carts going on there. That's so funny. Do you have any routines around travel? Sorry, I so, didn't ask you this in advance, but I'm curious. No, I do. I do, Sarah. Um, I tend to pack. I, I have my set list of packing and I've actually started leaving a lot of the stuff in the bag. I mean, so this for someone that's taking six trips in a month, yeah, I think that's six trips in a month, you, you may as well. Um, so all my toiletries, whether I'm using them at home or not, are still in the Ziploc bag. And I've been told I don't, I don't need the Ziploc bag if you're TSA pre-check, but it's, I, I often fly out of the American Eagle terminal in Philly where there is no pre-check. So if I'm on these like little dinky planes going to small cities, I, I have to still have the baggie anyway. So that's always packed. Uh, I leave actually a pair of gym shoes, like running shoes in the bag. Um, I have a pair of glasses in the bag. I never use the glasses, but I felt like I should have them. I have stuff like band-aids in the bag. Um, I have a toothbrush in the bag. Um, and so then I, all I have to do is, you know, throw in a pair or two of underwear, however long I'm going to be gone, um, throw in, you know, pajama pants, um, exercise clothes, and then whatever I'm planning to wear for my event I always just wear jeans and like this jacket or something on, on the, the, my athletic jacket on the plane. So then, and then I tend to wear that on the way home the next day as well. Um, so then I don't have to pack much. Um, and, and then my other carry on is just my purse. So again, that's almost always packed too. I never put little bottles of liquid in the purse because I know that it's going to be going through the you know security line. So I, I can't have anything in it. Um, so yeah, that, I'm pretty much happy. Streamlined. I'm half packed all the time. Um, so then I can just throw stuff in and, and have it take 10 minutes, uh, which is good because if you travel a lot, you just can't have the packing take a lot of time. I mean, there are probably people who are like every time I, um, you know, I, sometimes I take Uber to a venue or a hotel, but sometimes the hosts have arranged like a car service if it's, you know, somewhere that's out of the way or farther. And, you know, the guys are always down there by the baggage claim being like, okay, let's go get your bags. I'm like, who comes for like events, <laughs> like a conference for two days and has a bag? Like, I don't even understand this concept that you would check a bag. But yeah, they're only, only with like kid accoutrements, but yeah. no, not by myself. No. I, I, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, yeah, I don't have any bags. I'm like, oh, okay. You pack light. I'm like, I'm only here for like 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, who is bringing like <laughs> a wardrobe? Like, Maybe they're like wardrobe? bringing alternate outfits and no, things. Uh, yeah. I, I, don't don't know. Know. I don't know if you need three outfits for some unknown reason, but even so I'd probably cram them in my duffel bag. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've, I've been, it's, it's good to, to have, I think, routines for stuff like that. I always take a picture of where my car is. So ah, there you go. And I take, a, I look at my, if I, if I'm not carrying around my key thing with the, for the hotel with the number of the room number on it, which I know you're probably not supposed to do anyway, it's like not safe, but I take a picture of the hotel room. Um, so I don't walk into the wrong hotel room. Um, but you know, if you're staying in six, seven a month, like you're going to yeah, forget. No, you're gonna forget. You would like, absolutely forget. Yeah. 
All right. So that's, yeah, no, that's what I'm doing. No, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still running um, in often in the mid afternoons, but it's getting too hot. I've got to shift that to the morning. Today I ran and, in the morning because nobody's home, but I'm going to have to figure out a time in the morning I can do it. And I feel like oddly for someone who has a streak every day, you don't really have a routine. You no. like change your runs. <laughs> well, but I think that's what's allowed me to have the streak because. Got it. So I was thinking about yeah, this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The, the weightlifting, I do probably still most days, but it has a set time in the schedule. It's you know, between the middle school drop-off and the bus for the elementary school kids, which of course isn't happening now. So what's the time it's going to happen? And then on the days that I didn't have that, it didn't happen either. Whereas the running, since I know it's going to happen every day, but I'm not set of when it is, it, you know, it, it happens. So. I feel like I'm like the opposite. Like I, if I'm going to work out, which I do most days, but not every day. And you're right. If it was every day, I couldn't make it so incredibly consistent, but it's almost always between the times of Starting time between 5.45 and 6, 6.10, and then ending time between 6.30 and 6.45. Like, that's it. If it yeah. didn't happen then, like, it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, well, yeah. I think we should go to the Q&A. Right. Yes, and everyone can feel free to share with us what your favorite routines, what is working, or if you have a routine makeover that you would like us to Ooh, maybe yes, delve we can into. totally do that. No, it's just one of my favorite things to think about. I feel like our lives are made up of routines, and we're always doing them sort of yeah, I'd love to do a routine makeover episode. So please send us in your routines that are working and then the stuff that's not working, but you'd like to make a routine. Um, and we will try to do an episode on that. All right. I'll read the question because I think that Sarah wants to uh, answer this. It's a passionate response. <laughs> a passionate okay, response on. <laughs> on this one. Um, so our listener says, absolutely love the podcast. Keep it up. Thank you. I'm hoping you or one of your guests has some advice for travel with kids who sleep poorly. At home, the kids who are four years and 15 months sleep reasonably well. There's usually a middle of the night wake up about once a week, which is not bad at all, by the way. That's Laura's editorial comment here. Um, and we've learned that the baby does best if allowed to fuss herself back to sleep once the crying, um, we're going in, stops the crying, but then we're up for two hours. Um, so these nighttime wake ups are much more common while traveling. And of course, tolerating the crying is much harder in a hotel room with thin walls while staying with family or just when we're all trying to sleep in one room. So a lot of adult sleep is lost trying to get the little one back to sleep. The other problem is extra early mornings. Both kids wake up an hour early, don't adapt while the time zone changes, so they tend to be up at 6 a.m. East Coast time wherever we go. Uh, we have the ability to take some more ambitious family vacations because these kids aren't in school yet, right? So they can do that. But the sleep deprivation from some recent trips has made us reluctant. Do you have any advice? FYI, my husband isn't a fan of switching off mornings. He is a light sleeper, not a naturally early riser, and doesn't like being miserable alone. He doesn't feel like he benefits from trading off. He wakes up as the rest of us try to make our exit and can't fall back asleep and would rather have company for these early mornings. So, Sarah, what would you what would you say? I mean, my first response is too bad for the husband. Sorry, he can't sleep. That's not fair. I mean, like, I can just imagine a woman that's getting up in the middle of the night nursing saying like, oh, honey, I'm going to get you up every time because I just don't like being alone. So why don't we both be completely <laughs> exhausted instead of just me? Like, if this baby isn't getting up to feed on a boob, then like this needs to be a shared responsibility because having terrible sleep every other night is much better than having bad sleep every night. And I don't know if I just said that backwards. And I'm really sad that the husband can't seem to sleep through the times when, you know, he's supposed to be sleeping and you get up. 
But A, I'm a little bit dubious of that. Like even if he doesn't, you know, fully stay in perfect cycles of sleep while you're getting up with the kid, he probably can stay lying down and he could rest. rest and, close yeah. his eyes and rest. Um, yeah. And B, even if it is his problem, too bad. Like it, you need, you count too. So <laughs> I guess I just like that really like just annoyed me. Um, so I am sorry. I hope I don't get hate mail for this. But when I did this sort of gender switch as I tend to do, it, it didn't sound right to me. And so- I think you need to think about that with you as well. Um, the other thing is, I mean, I do, I do understand pretty much everything else you're saying. I mean, I, I also know exactly what you mean about, you know, you fussing at night and then they'll go back to sleep in 10 minutes on their own. But if you go in there, yeah, they'll be quiet, but then you're sort of up for two hours. We have had that. And I can see why when you're at a hotel room or with a family, that's really hard. Cause like, ugh, do you want to let your baby scream for 10 minutes? Probably not. Plus if you're in a hotel room, they may not be able to self-soothe like they would at home. So you're just sort of, you know, in a bad place. I think there's, you know, a few things you can do. You can minimize traveling during these early <laughs> years. Um, that, I mean, tends to be our strategy for the most part. We're doing a little bit of it, but even though you have more calendar flexibility, if it's not going to be restful and fun, then maybe you do some traveling, but try to really optimize conditions, which I'll get to in a second, and save the more trips where you're going to have thin-walled hotels or be staying with family for later. Things you could do are to look into, you know, a place that's like, you know, an Airbnb or something where you have your own space so that you could let the baby cry a little bit or, you know, just go with it. If the baby gets up super early now, not at 3 a.m., but if they get up at 5 a.m., maybe that's like if you're in a safe area, you go for a stroller run and let them fall back asleep. We have definitely gone that route on our kind of trips. And then the other thing I would say is make sure you make time for naps on your trips, because at least if a baby's up at night, they're probably going to be amenable to a nice nap the next day. And whichever parent was up is entitled to a nice downtime. So you can kind of make a trade off there. So yeah, I don't, I mean, this is still a hard issue, but I think, I think you have to revisit the idea of sharing a little bit more um, and maybe altering some of the details surrounding your vacation. Not give up traveling completely, but see what you can do to make things easier. Yeah, we definitely went the trade-off the morning route with um, Alex getting up as early as he did. Um, and there have been some miserable wake-ups. I mean, I love this question. Like she is asking, is the sense is is there advice for travel with kids who sleep poorly on nature? It's like no. There is no advice. Like, it's just going to happen. Like, you know, this is the reality of, you know, time zone changes, of being in a different place. There's nothing really different about her kids this way. This this happens to many, many kids. And, and this is one of the reasons that families often find it difficult to travel with young kids. And this is where we often go into that thing of the experiencing self and the remembering self, that the remembering self is probably still going to be glad you took a trip as a family and had a good time and all that stuff. Like you'll probably remember some fun adventures from it. The experiencing self will wind up up at 3am in California when you flew from the East Coast and your baby would normally wake up at 6am. And now you're up at three. Um, we've definitely had that happen. And yeah, um, I mean, yes, you can get your own house like through Verbo or HomeAway or whatever Airbnb. Um, and that that is definitely a, a we would recommend that um, so that you don't have. I mean, particularly issue. with that crying issue. Yeah, the crying issue. Sometimes it's true. Ten minutes of crying will will end, and then. But ten minutes of crying place. for somebody who wasn't planning to have a baby cry in the middle of the night and is in the yeah. room next to you could result in them calling the hotel desk, who then they're yes. calling you, and like I mean, it's just all all bad in in many ways. Um, but but yeah, you know, we've I've had a lot of early morning walks as a result. Like I, I have this fond memory, even though it was 
terrible. I mean, Alex was waking up at like 4.45 a.m. and we were at Rehoboth Beach with extended family on vacation, but had long stroller walks around the boardwalk and saw the most amazing sunrises over the Atlantic because um, the sun rises that side. Um, over the water, so very and did he fall asleep? He probably no, fell asleep. no, he never no. falls asleep. That's what mine do. They wake no, up at like no, crack no, of no, dawn. No. You take him for a stroller run, and then they're asleep in the stroller in fifteen minutes. No, nope, did not happen. <laughs> did not happen. But uh, you know, I, and I, I understand that. You, I, I get your husband's point about it's you know kind of miserable to be alone with the kid in the morning. But it's kind of you know it's kind of be miserable anyway. Like I mean, <laughs> you at least think of yourself as giving a gift to your spouse in that moment, and that your spouse will give a gift to you as, as well. And, um, you know, watch TV or something, uh, if you need other voices to, to keep you company. And it's funny. I actually wrote back to this person and suggested white noise and she goes, Oh, my husband hates white noise. Oh, well, so he's just very particular in a lot of ways. I, I don't know. It's, um, well, we have to sort that out. But, all right. So love oh. of the week. So, so my love of the week is, is, uh, related to our, half on, half off weeks. But the, one of the real upsides of self-employment to me, I mean, some people would think it'd be the downside. Like I am not taking a real vacation. Like I've scheduled calls at different points. I've like got stuff I still have to do, you know, working one day during the week and then not or whatever. But the, the truth is it enables you to do more travel and to take more weeks that are partially off. Because if I'm, you know, working five to 10 hours during the week, then it's okay to take the week. Uh, and go somewhere. Whereas if I had to work, do zero hours, well, we wouldn't go. I mean, it just wouldn't happen. Um, so uh, this this half on half off, I think that it might drive some people crazy. Uh, but for me, I actually think it's a really good schedule benefit. That's excellent. Uh, my love of the week, if you are looking for an extremely juicy and, you know, one of those they uh, propelling, uh, what's, what's the right word? Propulsive? I don't know. Anyway, a book that's just going to make you want to keep reading it and keep reading it and keep reading it. Um, the Mother-in-Law by Sally Hepworth. Highly, highly recommend. It's been my favorite read this summer and I've been reading a lot this summer. Awesome. All right. Well, this has been Best of Both Worlds. This has been episode 102. We have been talking about our routines and our Q2 or Q3 goals, as the case may be. We'll be back next week with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. 
Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to Brand New on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.